0: Today, we are back in the Gospel of John, and uh, today is actually part 15 of uh, the Gospel of John series, but uh, today's sermon is really kind of a part two. If you were here last week, we talked about a story, and uh, the story was of a man who had been um, uh, paralyzed for like 38 years longer than I've been alive and has been camped out by this pool. And this pool, the legend was when the waters would stir, uh, that if you were the first one to run into the pool, uh, you'd be healed of whatever ailment you might have. And so this guy's paralyzed, and he's been waiting to get into the pool first for 38 years, but he can't because he's paralyzed. So somebody always beats him, until one day he meets Jesus, and Jesus asks him, do you want to get well? And of course, Jesus has the power uh, to heal, and he's made well. Not everybody is happy because uh, the Pharisees and some of the Jewish people see this guy uh, carrying his mat around on the Sabbath, and they're like, hey, what are you doing? It's, it's the Sabbath, uh, you know, and, and so they had made a lot of rules of, of things you weren't allowed uh, to do on Sabbath, and when they find out that it's Jesus who's done this and caused all this commotion, there's sort of, in John, there's kind of been this, like, long tension brewing uh with the pharisees and uh, the jewish leaders and i think what you see today is that it will get worse in fact that's kind of how the story the uh passage today starts out uh with it getting um just uh, a little bit worse uh and so it says and this was why the jews were persecuting jesus because he was doing these things on the sabbath but jesus answered them my father is working until now and i am working so they're not happy they gather around jesus and jesus says that my father is working and this of course doesn't sit well because he doesn't say our father is working or your father is working he says my father Uh, and they kind of pick up on that like he's saying that he has a relationship with the father that that they don't have there's something exclusive about this this claim and so, in, in fact, it, it thickens a little bit here. And then John puts out, so this is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So the, the tension just kind of keeps thickening. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a room where there's like two people that don't like each other. Maybe one of the, the people dislike the other person so much that they want to kill them. I don't know if I've ever been in a room like that, uh, but there's, um, there's some tension in the passage today. Uh, but you know what? Jesus doesn't say, guys, I'm sorry, I thought it was a Tuesday. He, he doesn't say, oh, 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 I didn't mean to say anything about the Father, you know, I'm... I'm just like, you know, one of you. In fact, what Jesus does is he leans into their claim that he's making himself equal with God. What he does is he actually sort of explains to them a little bit who he is. And today, uh, we're gonna kind of just walk through this passage. It's a pretty theological passage, but Jesus explains uh, a number of things uh, to this group that has circled around him, just about who he is and what he's come to do. I think there's a lot that we can learn about Jesus by just sort of observing uh, these verses. Today, I want to give you an invitation uh, to get into the crowd of people uh, that is circling around Jesus. Curious about why he has done this thing on the Sabbath. Curious about what it is that he means when he says that it's his father. What it means that he says that the Father is working and that he's working because the Father's working. Why does he have the same freedoms to do what the Father is doing? And I just want to invite you kind of into this, uh, this uh, little talk that Jesus gives. <laughs> and I think as we do, um, we grow confident uh, that Jesus was um, one with God and that he was united with God and that he himself is divine. I think what we find is we find a name that is more powerful than any other name, and it's a name that uh, you and I are invited to worship uh, and to claim today. So uh, let's pray, and ask the Lord to bless our time, and then we're just going to start into this passage and work through it. Uh, Well, Lord, we do just ask that uh, you would open our eyes today, that you would open our ears and our hearts, um, God, and that you would do what I can't, and uh, that you would help us to, to see you clearly. Lord, that you would give us ears to hear who it is that you were saying you were here. And Lord, I I just pray that um, today we would be those who could put all the busyness of life aside for a little bit, all the distractions to the side for a little bit, and Lord, that we would just be those who would look at you and listen today. Uh, Father, and I pray that you would just speak to us in a mighty way, and that you would even change hearts in this room today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Ah, and so, so that's where we 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 pick up uh, today. Is Jesus is explaining who he is. We all know what it's like to get somebody's identity wrong, uh, to mistake somebody for being someone else. I was a, <laughs> I was at a coffee shop by my parents' house a few months ago, and you know if if you don't know a lot about me, I I grew up in Camus. And then I moved away for like 15 years. And then I moved back into the area. And so and now I've been here for like six or seven. So I mean, I've seen, I, I see people sometimes that I haven't run into since like high school. I, I see people I haven't seen in 20 years. And it happens like, it happens all the time. And I don't have a good memory anyway. Uh, so it's not, I'm not a good person for that type of thing to happen to you. But anyway, one day um, I was uh, at um, uh, this uh, place by my parents getting some coffee in the morning and I saw somebody that looked like an old friend of mine who used to run Sam for uh, a band I was in back in the day and um, And he was quite a bit older than me and he was sitting in a group of guys And I don't know, just all kind of looked, I don't know, intimidating and, uh, but, but I was pretty sure that was my friend and there was an open chair right by him and so I think you see where this is going. Uh, so, so I make my way over and I plopped down in the chair by this strange man and I put my arm around. <laughs> and like, like, yeah, I haven't seen you in so long. It's good to see you. And this guy turns around and he looks full in my face and, uh, and I didn't know him and he cut me no slack. Uh, he, he didn't even pretend for a minute to go along with it. And two things happened. Uh, he looked at me straight in the eyes and was like, do I know you? And it wasn't a question, right? And then, uh, and then the other thing that happened was it was like every conversation in the room stopped, and everybody just looked at me, uh, including that whole circle of guys. And I, you know, a lot of times I'm pretty good at coming up with words, and I had, <laughs> I had none. I just, was said, I'm so sorry, and I got up and just left uh, I'm pretty sure without my coffee anyway uh, we all know what it is to mistake somebody for being someone else I think it's a little bit about what's going on in this story today is that there are people uh, they think things about Jesus that aren't true Jesus got accused of all kinds of things even even being associated with demons and things like that Uh, but so Jesus here uh, begins to explain oh did we lose things hold on Ah, there it is uh, but Jesus begins to explain things, and the first of which he does is that Jesus does what the Father does. Uh, so the Father as at work, and so Jesus as at work, and our first verse is verse 19, and it says, so Jesus says to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. You know, Jesus' actions reflect the Father. Uh, He and the Father are uniquely uh, united and involved with each other. We see Jesus as submitting to the Father's will, fulfilling the Father's will. We see Jesus speaking the Father's words, doing the Father's work. Uh, John uh, 10.38 says, I and the Father are one. And we know about the Father that he was always working. He was always, even on the Sabbath, sustaining the world and keeping things in motion. He's always blessing. He's always being good. His love is always overflowing. And so Jesus says, if the Father is working today, then, then so am I. If he's free to do what he's doing today, then so am I. Uh, and, and he can't help but do it. Uh, secondly, uh, you know, we can kind of observe here that he has a perfect unity with the Father. And, and so Jesus uh, He is 100% human, Uh, and so as as that he's obedient in perfect humility, he's the ideal Israelite who perfectly loved and obeyed God, Uh, but he's also 100% divine, and John has made this clear even in the beginning of the book uh, that Jesus was with God in the beginning. Uh, so on the other hand, Jesus, you see him here and, and he's doing whatever the father is doing. Uh, Jesus uh, it, it has a relationship with the father. So he's both a humble messenger of God, but he's the powerful divine son of God too. And so uh, this implies uh, a, a lot of authority and that indeed the father is his father and he knows the father in an exclusive way uh, that they could, uh, they could never amount to uh, and, and the New Testament uh, uh, says this uh, type of thing a bit. One of the, my favorite verses is Hebrews 1.3. It says that he, uh, Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. You know, notice that it doesn't say he's kind of like God or that he just read the Torah a lot and so he just kind of followed that. Um, you know, it says that he's the exact imprint of God. Not just the imprint of the Father, not just the imprint of God. He's uh, he's the exact imprint of his nature. The two share a nature uh, and the two are one. Uh, and so he is... Uh, he is perfectly united with god um, and in two people and that's kind of the whole mystery of of the trinity that there's uh there's one nature but three people and three people and in, in in one nature and so as that we see that um god's compassion and his mercy and his justice and his power and his love all of these things are seen in jesus if you want to know what god is like you want to know what a god who loves the world is like um, a great person to look at is Jesus. A great way to find out more about him is just to read through the Gospels. Uh, They're accusing Jesus of working on the Sabbath, and they're accusing him of claiming equality with God. Uh, They're accusing Jesus of, of, of saying that he knows the Father in a way that they don't, and you know, this thing about jesus that makes him divine that makes him god himself is still offensive today people don't seem uh, to like it when uh, we say things like jesus is the the only way and he's the truth and he's the life uh, that nobody can come to the father except through him and so the more you see people kind of get a load of this message uh, even in the new testament uh, we see that thing the the kind of tension just boils and, and gets hotter and, and tighter and um Uh, And they don't like what he says very much. But the first thing he explains is that Jesus is doing what the Father is doing. The Father is working on the Sabbath, and Jesus is free to do that too. The second thing is that Jesus knows the Father. He knows him in a way that uh, the Pharisees do not know him. We'll talk way more about that next week. Uh, But uh, verse 20 says, For the Father loves the Son, and he shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these shall he show them, so that you may marvel. Um, notice uh, that it says that the father loves the son Uh, and this has happened long before the world they have existed in this loving relationship john 1 1 just says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god the that whole intro closes with no one has ever seen god but the one and only son who is himself god and is in closest relationship with the father he has made him known that's what's so Great about Jesus is that he makes known the Father in a way that otherwise he, he would never be made known because Jesus makes the things that are invisible visible and tangible, and that we can see and understand. Uh, and the father loves the son. He's not mad at the son. Jesus isn't rogue doing his own thing, uh, his own way. Uh, him and the father are perfectly uh, united. In fact, uh, we, can, we can hear the father speak and say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Uh, he says it again. He says, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Uh, you know, and I think it just shows his overflowing Love that he sends the son who he loves to a world that he loves, and so there's something about knowing Jesus. There's something about having a relationship with him where his love just overflows to us. And notice this this showing that um, that the Father uh, loves the Son, and he shows him all that he himself is doing. Both these words, loves and shows, are present and they're active, and it they're written in a way that that this is an ongoing, continual, habitual love. Uh, They are in a close relationship with each other. And the father is showing the son works and he says, uh, you know, don't worry, that greater works than these. He will show him, so that you will marvel. And and so uh, you think about the things that Jesus has been saying and the things that he's been doing up to this point in uh, in John's gospel. And he's saying there's going to be a lot more that's coming uh, soon. And so, uh, like, like raising the dead and judging the dead, we'll read about even in this passage today. Um, uh, so their accusation, again, is that uh, there's no equality uh, with God here, but what Jesus seems to be saying is that they don't exactly understand who he is. And all these things would, marvel, uh, would happen for a reason, and it's so that they would marvel, uh, and so Jesus, uh, you know, uh, not only does he uh, talk about his unity with the Father and his equality with the Father here, uh, but he's, he's talking about the close relationship he has with the Father and the way that he is able to show uh, them uh, the Father and the way he's able to show them uh, the, the things of God. Uh, A third thing uh, Jesus points out, uh, so that he knows the Father, and that is an exclusive way, the way he's saying it, is that he gives life. And this is where this gets really interesting. This is where this gets really cool. He says, for just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. So uh, they they had long known that God could resurrect the dead and he had all authority over all people. But Jesus is saying, just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the son gives life uh, to whom he will. And that's one of the things I love about God is that he is a life giver. You know, the Bible talks about you and me and people in this way where we are in need of life. It says things like like we are dead in our transgressions and sins. Uh, Paul talks about in which you used to live, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It's by grace that you have been saved. So Jesus does whatever the Father is doing, even giving life uh, to dead things. Jesus is always transforming things like water into wine, uh, and he's able to even raise the dead to life. Um, Another thing that we see uh, is that the son is a life giver just like the father because he transforms things. He does this all the time in his ministry. He uh, heals the man who's been paralyzed for almost four decades. Jesus just changes his life at the sound of his voice. There's the sick boy that is healed. And Jesus, from far away, just heals this boy because he has power uh, in his word. He has power in who he is. Uh, He gives a woman eternal living water. And tell her that she can come to him for that. So there's all these examples of the types of things that Jesus does. And and they all give life. They all give life. And, And we live in a world today where we're people who are in need of that life. You and I have life, but our life just runs out. Our strength runs out. Our energy runs out. Our days Run out, and we find ourselves as people in need of life. And the good news, of the New Testament, is that that life comes through Jesus. Um, a lot of you guys know that I have kids. I have three of them. A lot of them, and. Uh, And two of them are boys. Uh, John Mark is four and Theo is six. And uh, my boys have a lot of energy. That's, (laughs) a lot of people say it, they all say it the same way, like, your boys sure have a lot of energy. And you know, it's like, it's a half truth, it's true, but they like hold back for you guys. Let me just tell you that. Uh, At home, uh, there's a lot more uh, shenanigans and such. And... uh, You know, like, much like having two golden retrievers or something, sometimes you just got to take them out, let them run, let them do their thing. And uh, so, but lately they've been really into their bikes uh, and, uh, and they're pretty good at riding their bikes, and so, uh, a few weeks ago, we went on our first, like, real trail ride, kind of, uh, and, uh, we went out, and and they made it, like, three, three miles, uh, which I thought was really good, and I was like, guys, we gotta turn back, and they're like, why? I'm like, because I'm gonna be carrying you guys back if we don't turn back soon. Poor little John Mark, you know, he's like, you know, he's only four, so his little legs were working so hard, so we make it back to the car finally. I'm, like, super proud of these guys, uh, you know, they've had so much fun, and, They just don't tire. I think it's both just their age and the fact that they're poches. And, like, we just have one gear, and we just go, and we don't stop. And good to see that that is so richly uh, carrying on in the next generation. And uh, so we get back to the truck, and I was going to take them for ice cream. And I was like, you know, where do you guys want to go? And, you know, what should we do next? And they're like, well, Dad, if we're going to get ice cream, why don't we take our bikes there? And I was like uh well there is a place we could ride to are you guys sure you want to do that and without hesitating they're like yes you know of course we do and so they're both kind of sitting down uh and so I I turn over and I'm like well okay let's do it you know and so I'm helping Theo get his helmet all tight and stuff and out of the corner of my eye I see John Mark and he's just he's kind of straddling over his bike like this and he just starts to lean over and lean over, and he just falls all the way over. And so I stop with Theo, and I'm like, oh, buddy, I'm sorry. So I'm helping John Mark up. And as I reach down, I just notice that he is just drenched in sweat. And he's just he is just tattered, and his arms are a little shaky. And I'm feeling like the worst dad in the world because my boys need water. They're tired. I went too hard. And out of the corner of my eye, as I'm helping John Mark up, I kid. Out of the corner of my eye, I see Theo standing over his bike, and he just starts to tip over too. so I'm like trying to pick them both up. And so uh, needless to say, we got in the car. But you know that, it just exemplifies our problem that our strength runs out. We are in need of life. All of our days winds down. Some of us have a lot of energy, some more than others. But our, our energy runs out, and we find ourselves with this existential need of life. It is a both- fundamental need of life, more life, but an existential need of life too. And this is the type of work that Jesus is all about, is giving life. You know, Isaiah talks about a day when the eyes of the blind would be opened and the ears of the deaf would be unstopped and that the lame men would leap uh, like a deer and that the tongue of the mute would sing for joy. Um, Jesus has life bursting out from him and he gives it to people. And what's so great about the life that Jesus gives is it starts upon belief. It starts when we know him and we place our faith in him. Uh, Jesus Jesus says it this way in John 11. He says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, uh, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And he asks a good question. Do you believe this? And and this is very much the hope of the gospel that belief in Jesus equals life. It equals life now, but it equals life uh, in all eternity too. And this is such good news, because we live in a world that is very hopeless. We live in a world that is looking for love and looking for security. We uh, In a world that is often lonely and hurting. We live in a world that is, is uh, absolutely just sinful and broken because of sinfulness. Uh, but Jesus gives life. Jesus restores. And there's a life that comes from him. Paul says uh, in, in a letter, he says, Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. So Jesus gives life, and and this is good news, though it will probably just offend them farther. A fourth thing that Jesus says is that Jesus is the judge. He says, for the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. Uh, by the word, uh, each of the things that we've talked about today kind of have this word for in it, and it's sort of like explaining something. He's explaining something about who he is uh, to the people, and so, uh, so he's a life giver. He's working like the Father works. He has this relationship with the Father, but Jesus is also a judge, and, um, and, uh, and th- that this says that the Father has given all judgment uh, to the Son. And, you know, it it really reminds me of of a show I used to watch called Undercover Boss. Anybody ever watch Undercover Boss? Okay, here's the premise if you didn't. The idea is that there's these bosses of these big companies and they don't know maybe the employees too well or, you know, they're kind of up in their ivory tower and then there's the little employees, you know, that are working in, you know, the delivery cars and the factories and stuff like that. So what they do is they get this crew to come in and they give these guys like a Hollywood makeover. So they wear like bad mullets and like thick glasses and, you know, they they always look kind of scary, honestly. But then they they go into these factories and they go as like trainees right and so they're they're just these like these little guys and they need to be taught how to do the job well the people don't know that it's the ceo or the president or the owner of the company they just think it's a new person and so you know it's so every episode is sort of like so and i'm sure a lot of this is just very staged but i i still like it anyway anyway uh but you know so there's people and they act a way that they would probably not act in front of the president or owner or CEO. Sometimes that's really good. Sometimes, uh, you know, the The owner, whoever, they they, they see how hard the people are working. They see that they're really the DNA of the company and all that. And at the end of the show, maybe they're given $10,000 or, you know, they support them through night school or something like that. But sometimes it doesn't go that way. Sometimes there's, like, delivery drivers who are, like, breaking all the rules and people who are really rude to customers. And then at the end of the show, they get, you know, fired or something like that. It's a little bit about what is going on here uh, that... Everybody's gathered around Jesus, and they're judging Jesus. They think he's worthy of death. They think he's um, apart from the Father and not with him at all. Uh, And the the interesting thing about uh, the judgment of Christ is that John's already talked about this a bit. Uh, In John chapter 3, he says, For God did not send his uh, his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And so uh, we see that Jesus has been, uh, he kind of becomes the standard by which people are judged. Do they believe? Will their hearts be soft or will they be hard? We see also, as so we keep reading that, this should result in honor. That all may honor the Son Just as they honor the Father, whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. You know, this is the problem with uh, many religions today is that they they sort of take Jesus and and, uh, they take away his divinity. So he's just like a glorified prophet or a really good man or a really good person or something like that. You hear that all the time. You hear it in other religions and even uh, even in the world today you hear a lot of people kind of talk about Jesus like, uh, yeah, he was a really good guy and I'm sure a very nice man and said a lot of really good things but that's not what Jesus is saying about himself. Who Jesus is saying uh, he is, is is far greater uh, than that. And so uh, so it's impossible to honor god the father if we don't honor the son they share honor because they are perfectly united Uh, and so uh, another thing we see about this judgment is that it's a judgment of hearing and believing uh john 5 24 the next verse says truly truly i say to you whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life he does not come into judgment but he has passed from death to life so uh How do we hear his his word? Uh, And before, let's just remember that this is how the Gospel of John kind of opens and closes. It says things like uh, that upon belief we're given the right to become children of God. It closes by saying things like, uh, but these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name that you may have life in his name, not that he was a good guy, not that he said some nice things, but that there is life to be found in the name of Jesus. And, this, uh, and, and so, so we hear and we believe. Uh, and so uh, there's a, a verse uh, I love that says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and the new has come. There's life in Christ, and it starts upon belief. It starts uh, as he is our Lord. Um, somebody said this about uh, being a hearer. What does it mean to really hear the word and believe it? What kind of hearing do you have to hear with? And, and uh, he says it this way. Uh, it is hearing as a humble learner, hearing as an obedient disciple, hearing with faith and love, hearing with a heart ready to do christ's will this is the hearing that saves and so we find that we put all of our belief in jesus and we cling to him uh, for salvation and notice that this passes from death to life Uh, not just at death but it happens immediately we come out of this this way where we are guilty before the lord uh and 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 no longer we have crossed into life and so uh, that's kind of the irony of of jesus uh the judge and so he says this truly truly i say to you an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the son of god and those who hear will live. And so again, just what we've been talking about, that there's life in his name because Jesus is the judge. There is life in knowing Jesus and placing your belief in him. So again, you know, we're sort of kind of in this group of people that are listening to what Jesus is saying. And we have to start deciding who, who, is, uh, who is Jesus. Uh, Well, one more thing that Jesus explains about himself that we'll cover at least today, and it's that Jesus is the Son of Man. Uh, The following verses say that, For as the Father has life in himself, uh, so he has granted that the Son also has life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. The Son of Man is how Jesus refers to himself often. It refers to the fact that he knows what it's like to be a man. He knows what it's like to be human. He walked in our shoes. He experienced temptation. He experienced the limitations of an earthly body. Uh, And so when we go through the things we go through in life, uh, the wonderful thing about Jesus, our judge, is that he knows what we go through. He walked that walk, and uh, that is something that is very unique and very special about Jesus, is that he fully understands the heaviness of what we we go through. The other thing about uh, uh, the Son of Man that is very unique, especially in this passage, um, was that uh, it, it references back to the book of Daniel, Uh, Somebody, uh, oh, real quick, let's just, uh, I was going to review here. So uh, he has life in himself. Uh, He has the authority to execute judgment. Uh, And this is because he is a son of man, uh, is the son of man. And so in Daniel, there's this son of man, this person like the son of man. And it says that, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. And so, what we see about the Son of Man is that he is uh, an eternal king of an eternal kingdom. Uh, And uh, when we talk about the life uh, that Jesus has, uh, John says, in him was life and uh, and the life was the light of men and so they're sort of seeing this this uh, son of man who was prophesied uh, from long ago and jesus says do not marvel at this for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and he continues to say and come out those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment uh, I think it is so crazy that uh, this passage says that those in the tombs will hear his voice. Uh, Somebody says it this way. uh, This will be the proof that judgment and life belong to the voice, the word. For this is the end when the present and the future collide. And standing at the center will be Christ Jesus, the son of man. Just as a dying boy from afar heard the healing voice of Jesus and the layman's legs heard the command uh, to rise, so also this, the dead in the graves respond to the voice of Christ. And again, this is because he has life in himself. There's something different about Jesus that's not like us. Um, and so uh, this, this judgment, uh, it's interesting too, because it talks about those who have done good versus those who have done evil. So here's the question, how do we do good? Uh, you know, and if uh, some of you out there might be thinking this sounds a little works faith uh, salvation-y for a little, but, but it's not. What he's saying is that when we believe in him, when we have a relationship with him, when he becomes our Lord and our master, and we put our faith in him, that everything changes. We cross from death to life. Of course, you know, now we know that we're filled with the spirit and that he begins to produce fruit in our lives, it doesn't stay in, it begins to grow in us, and, and it begins to develop in us, and it starts to spill over. It starts, our lives start to look different because we have a relationship with Jesus, because we are connected to that source of life. You know, I think that looks like all kinds of different things. You know, maybe before you met Jesus, you were addicted to certain things, but you met Jesus and things began to change in your life. Maybe you met Jesus and you were angry and you were upset a lot, and uh, maybe you said things you shouldn 't have a lot, but then you make you meet Jesus and things begin to change in your life, and all of a sudden you find yourself apologizing you find yourself trying harder not to say those things why because because you know Jesus, and things in your life are beginning to change your your outlook on life is is not what it was who you are isn 't who you were because you've put your faith in Jesus. And so when we believe in Jesus and we trust Jesus and, and we, we, uh, that relationship is started in us, things begin to change and our lives just start to look different. That is part of the great truth of the New Testament is that when we have a relationship with Jesus, our lives start to look different. And it's not because we try really hard, it's because he starts to change us uh, from the inside out. Uh, we start to grow fruit. Uh, and so, uh, and so. Uh, in summary, uh, he kind of concludes this whole section with this. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So, again, Jesus uh, is not apart from God. Uh, he's not wrongly claiming equality with God. Uh, he's not breaking any rules on the Sabbath. In fact, jesus is just where he's supposed to be doing just what he's supposed to be doing but it's interesting how darkness just hates the light uh, a lot of you guys that know me uh know that uh i am really into the narnia books i am always reading one of the narnia books and i just finished uh, prince caspian and there was this story that i read in it that i've never really caught before it's just a little one but uh prince caspian um it, you know when uh, he's a little boy uh it's, it's at this place in Narnia where Aslan uh, hasn't been seen for a while and there's this group of people that have come in and they've taken over, you know, part of Narnia. And, uh, and so this king, this evil king, uh, doesn't believe in Aslan, who's a metaphor for Jesus if you've never read the books. Uh, but he doesn't believe in Aslan, he just also was terrified of Aslan. So nobody's ever allowed to talk about Aslan, or say his name, or talk about the old Narnia, or you know the transformed beasts, or anything. Nobody's allowed to talk about that. Well Caspian, <laughs> the royal prince, has this nurse and she believes in Aslan, so she tells him all the stories, and, and, and she's always talking about the old Narnia, and, and Caspian is just fascinated by this, uh, and it's found out what she's doing and what she's saying, and so she's exiled away from the castle and, you know, goes and lives a quiet life somewhere and suffers, and we don't really hear about her anymore, but Caspian grows up, and of course, he's the rightful king, and Aslan comes back, and, and there's this big cataclysmic war, and uh, at the end, when Caspian becomes the king, and Aslan's there and he's restoring all the old Narnia and he's, you know, he's all these uh, schools and all these other things. He's knocking down and destroying them and he's planting like trees and just it's sort of miracle after miracle, healings, all these things. Uh, but there's this little story in, in the midst of all this and there's a little kid standing uh, outside of a house and crying and, and it doesn't say why. So Aslan approaches the, the kid and says, hey, why are you crying? And the kid says, it's because my aunt, she's old and she's dying. And Aslan sticks his head and in, in his huge head into the doorway of this house. And sure enough, uh, Lewis says that this lady was at the door of death. I don't know if you ever walked into a room like that where somebody is right at the brink of death and uh, kind of slipping away, but there's, there's a, certain, a certain magnitude that comes with that and it's how it describes this lady. And nobody's talked about Aslan in, in years, especially in that part, but this lady sees Aslan's face and she says, uh, she says, oh, Aslan, I have waited my whole life for this day I knew you would come Uh, you know and I think that's going to be like a lot of us one day Uh, you know we get to the end of our life where our strength begins to fail and um, and we're in our darkest moment in the darkest day and there we meet Jesus face to face and I think a lot like that lady will say oh Jesus I have waited this whole day this whole life to see you you know, and of course, Lewis, as he does, just points out that this was, of course, Caspian's old nurse, you know, who had gone away. Uh, Jesus is the Son of Man, and the judgment he has um, is, is just, um, as he's doing the will of the Father. It's interesting, as we think about um, this passage today, um, it's interesting that Jesus has done this work, and it's resulted in everybody coming around him. It's resulted in people inquiring about who he is. Some, I'm sure, do marvel, but some are hardened. And I think God is still at work today bringing people to him. People to hear about him. People to read the Bible. People to hear the story. But notice that it isn't encountering him that determines one thing or the other. It's if you'll believe. It's as if you'll believe that he is who he says he is. That's what makes all of the difference. New life, eternal life, spiritual fruit, faith— all of this comes when we believe in the one true unique Son of God, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. The question is what we believe. In this passage, Jesus has says that he does everything the Father does. He says that he knows the Father. He says that he gives life, not that he has life, that he gives it. It's innately in him. That he is the judge. He is uh, the judge. Now he will be the judge. It's been given to him. We, he shares honor with the Father. And uh, lastly, that he is the Son of Man. And we'll see him face to face one day. Paul says that one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. We'll see him um, as he is. So how do we respond uh, to the voice of Jesus? Let me just offer a few, a few things really quick. Number one, we wanna be people who hear the word. Uh, we wanna be people who, who regularly, even after we've met him and we know him, we wanna be people who just have the word in our life. And we wanna be good listeners. We wanna know what he's saying, and of course, the spirit convicts us of these things. But the more we know the word, uh, the more we know him, and, uh, and, the, and the better our lives are. Secondly, we want to believe. And so we want to obey the word and we want to persevere even though we live in a world that that doesn't often talk about the deity of Christ uh, that's offensive to the world that's countercultural today uh, but we want to obey and we want to persevere because we know that God is working things together for the good and is working things together for our good and so we continue on and we press on lastly is this is that we flourish we would abide in a relationship with Jesus and we would know him and that we would grow we're not supposed to be stagnant we're not supposed to be like little spiritual babies we're supposed to know him more and more and he's wonderful and he leads us uh he leads us along the way uh leading us in a very uh full life a very abundant life Uh, that's what the bible says uh so knowing jesus we're full of joy today but there's the bright hope of tomorrow too And that's one of the things that is so wonderful about who Jesus really is um, in this passage today. Uh, We're going to sing a song, and I'm going to close us in prayer. Uh, Well, Lord, we just thank you uh, for sending your Son to us. And Lord, we thank you for how your love has overflowed to us. Uh, Lord, we thank you that no matter what we're going through, uh, Lord, that you make everything all right in its time. And Father, I pray that you would give us those ears that would listen for your voice. You would give us a heart that would passionately beat for you, Lord. Father, that this week as we go among our weeks, we would do it uh, knowing who we serve, knowing who we belong to, and that Lord uh, Jesus, this week, we might just be those who would get to know you a little bit better. Thank you for the encouragement that your word brings. and In your name we pray, Amen. amen.